Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me on the second episode of Conversations with Immaculate. My name is Immaculate Longa and I am the uh, facilitator of this podcast. I have absolutely no idea how to start this second episode. In my head, I had practiced it so many times and I had gone through, you know, it ran through it in my mind so many times and now I get to it and it's like not so easy and like I just go blank so like I said last week you're going to bear with me we're gonna learn this together we're gonna get through this together a lot of my friends are trying to talk me down calm me down um for the second episode because doubts were kicking in fear was kicking in i was like this is not it but at the end of the day this is the platform that i asked for this is the platform that i've been built for so this is what we're gonna do so thank you so much for joining me on the second episode of conversations with immaculate luanga um the podcast i say it like there's another platform but the podcast i first and foremost want to send a huge shout out to you guys thank each and every single one of you that listened to the podcast last week so many people reached out to me people that i went to high school with people that i don't usually you know talk to on the daily were like oh my gosh i listened to the first one you were so great i didn't think i was so great but the fact that you guys received it and the fact that you guys want to be on this journey with me is truly a humbling experience the fact that you guys want to be part of the dream with me is truly a humbling experience and i couldn't be more grateful i felt so nervous last week um i was making so many mistakes i said mediator instead of moderator i just felt like all over the place but yeah you guys accepted me ugly sniffs and all so thank you (laughs) so much This week on Conversations with Immaculate, we are going to be talking about learning and unlearning. I figured instead of just going straight into conversations with, you know, friends and family and other professionals that I'm going to be having conversations with, let me give you a bit of me. You know, let's ease into this thing. Let's get to know each other. And once you guys are just like, I'm in love with this human being, I can't get it off of her, then we can have conversations. So next week's episode is going to be a conversation with a very good friend of mine. But for now, we will be talking about a few things that I feel like I have learned and unlearned in my many, many years of existence. <laughs> um, so without further ado, let's have a conversation. So this week on Conversations with Immaculate, I will be talking about learning and unlearning. Um, I have jotted down 25 things that I've learned and unlearned. 25 things specifically because, one, I'm 25. I know I look snatched, for those of you that know me. I know I looked put together. I know I look like a young, sweet 16 here. Something, yeah, nah. <laughs> But I am 25. And the reason I chose 25 things are 25 
because of two things one like i said i'm 25 and two i'm beating an insecurity so like i said this podcast is about life it's about learning and unlearning it's basically about us having candid conversations and intimate conversations and just getting through the fears and shutting down the noise right so one of the things in my life that is an insecurity for me is my age believe it or not um because i feel like at this age there are certain things that i should have achieved i feel like at this age there are certain things that i should have done for myself things that i should have done for my family things i should in my head according to the plan i should be way further than i am and i'm not And I find that whenever people actually ask me my age, unless I'm like filling in a form and I have to (laughs) write down 1994, I'm like, 24, 25, please ask me or show me in some, I don't know where it's written in stone that it's okay to be age 24, 25. There's no such age 24, 25. You're either 24 or 25. And... I this is I guess my way of being realistic with myself and saying girl your old ass is 25 and it's fine and it's okay and it's good it is what it is there's nothing honestly that you can do about it other than accept it so that is the main reason why I chose 25 things um obviously I had way more than 25 things that I feel that I've learned and unlearned but I wanted to bring it down because I didn't want us to have an episode that is you know two days long because I can have a conversation for two days so I'm gonna go straight into the learning and unlearning and when I think about learning and unlearning I think about The first thing that learning and unlearning demands is vulnerability. It demands awareness and it demands presence. And I think those are the main three things that I've learned in my life that are necessary for me to function as a human being, to function holistically and to hold myself accountable for my own actions. And it has taken a very long time for me to understand what vulnerability is with someone else, but more especially with myself. It has taken a very long time and a lot of difficulty in being self-aware and being present needs you to be vulnerable and needs you to be aware because you have to take a step back and say, what am I actually experiencing truly wholeheartedly in a situation? And because of that, I have been able to be the person that I am holistically in my mind with my emotions. And a lot of people are always like, oh, you know, how did you get to think the way that you think? Or when I give advice, oh my gosh, how do you know these things? And quite honestly, it's going through life. It's going through traumatic experiences. It's going through situations you didn't think you were going to go through that have demanded a different version of you each time and demanded you to look at yourself each time and choose who you are going to be after that specific lesson so for me that is what learning and unlearning has been and I think it's not I think I know it's a process that I that I go through every day and I know that the 25 things that I'm saying to you now are not set in stone I definitely know you know 
six months from now some of the things will change two days from now some of the things will change but that's what learning and unlearning is about it's being okay with the fact that life is a progression and life is honestly a state of learning and unlearning to ensure becoming because I don't think you ever arrive when you do your work Um, and when I'm talking about doing your work I'm talking about exactly that learning and unlearning so in case I refer to you know doing the work I just need you to understand that that's what I'm talking about explicitly so the first thing that I feel like I have learned and unlearned in this world in this life space um is seeking help (laughs) that has been difficult I think let me just give you a background so I am the firstborn in you know with my parents I am a Capricorn so those two together already make me feel on a deeper level that I am boss bitch head of the pack I got everything together right I was brought up my dad used to do this thing where there are three of us at home it's myself and my two younger brothers and it didn't matter what the occasion was it didn't matter how long my parents were going to leave me and my brothers alone or you know with the lady that was taking care of us I was always told you are the leader of the pack you are the leader of the pack my dad could be going to you know go and get bread and he will tell me you are the leader of the pack take care of the you know your brothers take care of the house so I grew up already having this huge amount and feeling of responsibility for myself and for my brothers and everyone around me that I had to take care of um and because of that you have this mentality that you always need to have everything together you always need to take care of everyone else because here's the thing when my parents got back and things were not in order unfortunately they never said Lawrence, Michael, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? It was always immaculate. Why did Lawrence do that? I don't know. That boy is his own individual, sir. But that was never the case. It was always like, you should have been there. You should have taken care of him. You should have done this and you should have done that. So I grew up with that mentality that I was responsible for myself first and foremost. And I was responsible for everyone around me. And when you think like that, you don't think to take care of yourself. Until I went to uni and, okay, so my uni experience was in two different provinces. The first two years of my uni was in the Western Cape and the other years were in the Eastern Cape. So when I was in the Western Cape, I was in uni and, you know, uni is a different experience altogether compared to what you know at home. And I was at a very demanding university and I was fortunate enough to form a relationship with one of the lecturers who really took me under her wing and she started noticing when I started slacking and she said to me I want you to go and see someone now first of all ma'am okay you asking me to see someone is a very white thing (laughs) in case you haven't noticed my ass is black and it's so weird how we have that connotation as black people that that negative idea that therapy or seeking help is only for 
it's not for black people you don't do that as a black person as a black woman you know you handle yourself you handle your problems you deal with it and that's completely false because before you're a black woman before you're the first of three kids before anything any other title that you give yourself you're a human being and because you're a human being you will go through lows and you'll go through highs and at the time that I was going through what was the pre to my lowest dip in my year I mean in my life the lowest year in my life I don't know if I put that correctly I had to seek help and it was very uncomfortable but at the time I had promised this lecture, I had promised this woman, I was like, okay, you know what, to get you off my back, I'm going to do it. And one thing that I can, I always advocated for since then, since 2014, seeking help, going to therapy or seeing a psychologist for me was the best thing that I've ever done in my 20s. The best thing. It was hella uncomfortable at the beginning because here's this person who is a complete stranger who's a complete different race to me and you know when you're when you're a person of color you those things do come into play and here's this woman that i'm just you're a stranger to me and here you are asking me about my relationship with my mother and my relationship with my brothers and my relationship with my dad and my background and you know how we live at home i'm like no 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 ma'am but after a while i open up to the process and that left me so self-aware that no one can ever take that away from me. No one can ever me make sure that you don't know yourself. You can ask any of my friends. Uh, and the thing is, you need to get to know yourself first before you can introduce yourself to anyone else. And that's why sometimes it's so hard for people to get to help us and get to know us because we know ourselves more than anyone else. It doesn't matter how long a person has known you, you know, and the first step for me to get to that place was to seek help and you see how difficult it is for you as a person to seek help in the littlest things you know someone once pointed out to me i think i was carrying so many bags or something and they were like let me help you and i was like no i'm fine and they were like you literally don't let anyone help you even in the smallest of things and i had to take a step back and be like you can't go back to that place you can't go back to that place where everything overwhelms you and you're drowning in public you know metaphorically you're in a pool street party you're drowning and there are people around you and you get angry at people for not helping you when you didn't even scream that you need help because everyone else was obviously minding their business not everyone can always pay attention to you in order for them to help you you know so that's the first thing that i learned in my life um and i'm constantly learning because i think i still have difficulty with that um and that's why i have a mentor not because her burden (laughs) in life is to always help me but because i know as a human being i need help and she's there when i need to reach out for someone to actually hold out their hand when i'm drowning you know and my friends are there as well and it allows you to let people into your life 
and for you to actually build relationships with people that are true and that are quite genuine. So first thing that I would advise to anyone, seek help. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you, you know, if anything, you're strong because you need to understand that even when you're breaking down, you're at your strongest because you're allowing yourself to break down in order for you to rebuild. So seek help. It is probably the best thing that I've ever done for myself in my 20s. Number two, you need to have something that brings you to the closest and the truest form of yourself or your truest and yeah to your truest self and this can be in different things this can be in your physical well-being your mental well-being your spiritual well-being and your emotional well-being do little things that help you to be who you are at the core you know and that can only come with getting to know yourself so you need to sit down with yourself for me i sound like i'm giving advice now i had to sit down with myself and understand what it is for me that helps me come back to being immaculate so if i'm overwhelmed if i feel like too much is happening i know that sometimes i need to set boundaries you know i am you know quote unquote the strong friend but at the same time i know that there are times where i'm unable to be available for my friends and i have no shame on whatsapp on twitter or whatever social platform to log off to say guys i can't take calls right now i can't take sms's right now i just can't and those are boundaries that i have for that i've set for myself in order for me to make sure that i am okay and i always say this to my friends when it comes to everything else when it comes to you screw everything else like you need to take care of yourself it's so important because you go to bed with yourself at night and if you're not happy with that version of yourself at night you are not at your truest and highest and just the best version of yourself do you know what i mean so if it's yoga if it's tea if it's working out if it's you know indulging in little things here and there not excessively obviously then do that you know and you also, in, in you being the truest version of yourself, you need to be very selective of the things that you let in. This is, for example, when in South Africa right now, I'm not even going to call it gender-based violence because it's not gender-based violence. It's femicide. It's men killing women and men being abusive to women. And for me, that was very triggering based on situations that I've been in. I've never been physically abused but i've been in you know a sexual harassment situation i've been mugged by not just one man but three and for me that was very triggering for me you know seeing these rape cases and having those thoughts of that could have been me seeing these women that are being killed by men and thinking to myself that could have been me and i had to shut down because i needed to make sure that i was okay so you need to understand of what i have understood in my learning and and learning is that being selective of what I let in, including things that you even watch. I know now I can't even watch certain series anymore because they're just so gloomy and sad. Like, I'm very sad that I don't watch How to Get Away with Murder anymore. But I just, I honestly can't. I just, 
it drains me it really just takes the life force out of me and i can't have that i can't have that and then go to sleep what am i doing for myself because i'm gonna sit there trying to figure out who committed the murder and i wake up the next morning and i'm just grumpy and sad and unhappy and i had brought that in because i was selective of what i let in so you need to be very selective of what you let in and that is honestly one of the best things that i have learned i have learned to actively take care of myself third thing number three (laughs) every time that you think you don't have strength you actually have more strength than the last time you thought you didn't have strength this is coming from someone that has gone through the life battles the life battles can i get a hallelujah the life battles Honestly, I have been through so much and I think maybe one day I'll do a podcast or an episode if I feel vulnerable enough where I feel like this is the space to say these are the things that I've been through. But I cannot tell you the number of times that I have cried to God and said, Sir, your behavior is unacceptable, sir. Thank you very much. I'm tapping out no thanks i'm good and it's amazing how the things that you think to yourself i will never get through this i can't get through this you literally get through it and you have more strength than you did the last time that you said you can't get through this i'm looking at my life right now i'm looking at the space in which i've even started this podcast and i'm looking at the things that i'm dealing with i'm looking at the things that i've dealt with this week alone and i'm saying to myself how on earth you know i was having a conversation with one of my best friends and i was saying to her you honestly don't know the strength that you have until you've been put in a situation to deal with that strength and i have honest i honestly believe and i've honestly seen and learned that each test that you go through literally trains you for the next battle it is uncomfortable it is not nice it is quite honestly disgusting of life to put you through those situations but if there's one thing that i've learned is that every time you think that you don't have strength you have the more you have more strength than you did the last time and that segues for me into dealing with grief <laughs> i've lost a lot of people in my life um a lot of people and i started losing people at a very young age the first death that i remember quite quite explicitly was my grandmother's death my dad's mother when i was 11 or 12 no it was okay so it was my great grandmother my mom's grandmother when i was 11 and it was my grandmother my dad's mother when i was 12 that was the first time i dealt with death very first time and those were two very big deaths back to back and i was like okay this death thing is weird it is what it is cool 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 and you keep it moving because you know you're young you don't know much and then i lost a couple of people along the way but a couple of deaths that i remember that have 
been big in my life was 2014 I lost my former mentor and friend 2015 I lost two friends um yeah 2015 I lost two friends and 2015 was my depressed year and that was hard because I was still dealing with the death of my mentor and the death of my dear dear friend and then I lost my uncle my dad's brother and then I lost another friend and then last year I lost my aunt in between obviously there have been more deaths but those are the deaths that I think have like knocked the air out of me punched me in the tummy had me grasping for 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 air gasping for air you can't grasp for air gasp for air and one thing that i've learned about grief is that grief was very personal and i think a lot of people make the mistake of wanting to help someone through grief the way that they think they can help someone through grief and one thing that i've learned about grief is that you're not crazy for going through it you're not crazy for grieving because i think we also have this very horrible idea of thinking that when someone passes that's the end and you need to just kind of get over it i remember when i lost my mentor in 2014 first of all my phone was blowing up I remember and a lot of people were calling me and then a friend of mine came to fetch me from where I was to tell me in my room at the time and I remember just like literally having no strength in my knees and falling when she told me and that still plays in my mind every single 24th of October every single time every single time it still plays in my head because people always say oh no time heals and i've learned that grief is not what people think it is it's very personal and if you're still grieving years later i want you to understand that it's okay in case you think like it's not you should be over it it's been years no and i also know that going through grief and you're at a place in your life where you feel like you need help to go through grief seek help i think there are a couple of deaths for me that i don't know if i fully dealt with and i know that whenever i go back to therapy i will probably have to unpack so yeah i have definitely unlearned the idea of what grief is according to society according to black families and i've definitely learned what grief is to me and grief is a process and grief is a step by step and every day is sometimes days are good some day some days are not some years are good and some years are not and that it's okay for me to process that number five i i think i am still in the process of learning this actually that the biggest the biggest lesson for me in my life is forgiving myself 
forgiving myself for things that have not gone right forgiving myself for things that i feel should have gone a certain way and forgiving myself for where i'm at and knowing that many 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 things are out of my control and that that it's okay to forgive myself (laughs) i think i'm still learning to forgive myself but that has honestly been one of the biggest things that i am in the process of learning and i am learning that it's okay to forgive yourself the same way that you're able to forgive other people you owe the same forgiveness to yourself number six each phase of your life will demand a different version of you and that you need to be as vulnerable as present and as aware as you should be in order to meet life at that place and that it's okay for you to take a step back to say what version of myself is this because that's the only way you can grow in life that's the only way change can come about that each phase of your life demands a different version of you and you need to answer to that call i think honestly there's no other way for me to put that there's no example for me to give that's all i know and i have learned that i need to be open to that and the most important thing is if you are a person that honestly genuinely wants to share your life with people it is so important to communicate that to communicate the different versions of you to communicate the different stages of where you are in your life so that people are able who are in your life and still want to be in your life to be able to meet you at that place because sometimes i think we go through so many things in life and we are a different version of who we are and then we don't communicate to people that are around us we act out in whichever way and when people start falling back because people are you know people they at some point they're going to react to however it is that you treat them we then are they screaming when days are dark friends are few and it's like no i just don't understand how to deal with this version of you and it doesn't matter how long you've known people or people have known you every stage of your life where you feel there's a different version of you you owe it to yourself to be aware of that and you owe it to the people that are in your life to communicate that number seven with that said i literally was about to say start talking about friendships with that sisterhood like (laughs) a lot of people don't like that oh it's the sisterhood women empowerment but a sisterhood around you is so important and the sisterhood in in my in my opinion and what i've seen for my life includes few people like it can include a large circle but like if we're talking about the sisterhood the people that you can call at 3 a.m in the morning literally call at three o'clock in the morning and they will answer the phone that is your sisterhood and that needs to be built it needs to be cherished it needs to be taken care of you need to be the friend that you want but you also need to understand that people in your life that are your friends are not you so you also need to 
understand that you need to stop expecting people to act a certain way to react a certain way just because they are your friend and they know you and you know them without understanding that each person in your life is still very much that individual and the only way for you to maintain that sisterhood and to keep it is to honestly get to know that person and be grateful for that person there's nothing better than seeing a sisterhood or a friendship with people grow and you guys sit there and you're like girl we're getting better at this friendship thing and man just cherish the people that honestly love you i think sometimes we screw up relationships but my mentor once said to me that the people that are in your life right sometimes how did she put it people that are in your life and that end up leaving your life no matter how good that friendship was and no matter how much you cherished that person honestly had played their part like I know a lot of people know this and I can't remember for for the life of me now how she put it but I remember how it made me go okay girl got you got it cool 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 because The point was, sometimes even really good friendships can run their course, you know. So, for as long as you have those people in your life, just honestly appreciate those people. Build those relationships. Actually, genuinely build those relationships. Don't be friends only over a cup of coffee. Don't be friends only over good times. Don't be friends only when you guys need to talk about, you know, significant others. Be friends even through the good times. Call your friends out if they need to be called out. Have Allow your friends to call you out when you need to be called out. And build a true, genuine sistership. The people in my life right now are people that I know for a fact are going to be in my life for the next 10 years. Without a doubt. Because I am the kind of person that sits and wants to build those friendships. And I have learned that there is nothing more nothing more comforting than a good friendship it just it slaps differently it really just slaps differently number eight um things take longer than you thought (laughs) hear me when i say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls things take longer than you than you thought and the thing is obviously this doesn't apply for everyone i know people that i went to uni with they graduated on time they working bought their first car living in their apartment yes maybe every day is not going to be rosy but according to me girl when i look at you and i look at the schedule you're on time boo but for me my brother once said to me my younger brother once said to me life has no formula you honestly think this is exactly how it's going to be but life has no formula so many a times i'm looking at the people in my life you know not necessarily in my life but you know people that are out there that i know you know my siblings as well and i'm looking at their lives and i'm just like everybody is flourishing but you but one thing that i can tell you is that comparison is the thief of joy and you better not let that joy be taken away from you um and you'll get many no's 
in life <laughs> because things take longer than you thought my mentor my la- my late mentor said this to me before she passed away and we're having a conversation and i was telling her how great she is because she was one of those you know great cum laude students you know just absolutely amazing and having her life in order and she said to me immaculate i have gotten many no's and i was like girl bye and she's like i will pull up my email for you my inbox for you and show you and here's the thing it doesn't matter how many no's you get you have got to keep going i cannot tell you how many people i have emailed about certain ideas certain projects me asking to be certain people's mentees me wanting to work for certain people i cannot tell you the number of rejection letters that i am still getting one that i got just last week <laughs> hey but you gotta keep going man you just gotta keep going number nine your hurt is your hurt and your feelings are valid okay so i think so many times in life we like looking at our situations and say oh no i like i shouldn't be as hurt over this or i should just get over this you know my biggest thing is someone else is in a much more worse situation so i honestly need to be grateful and stop being a crybaby over this and that could be something that genuinely hurt me and i'll be like no 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 you know there are people that are living on the street but my feelings are valid man the fact that i feel like that the fact that those feelings even arose means that they're there they're valid do not judge your feelings listen to them acknowledge them and respond like that's honestly the best thing that i've learned and that i am learning there are times where you know my best friends still call me into order regarding that because i honestly feel like and it goes back to that whole thing of you know thinking that i i need to have everything under control and that i need to always be okay so i think most of the time that my feelings aren't valid and actually this is a bad thing because it even happens when i'm happy like i could be happy over something and i just don't want to be too excited because i'm like eh, well should have happened a long time ago and it's like can you please be happy in this moment like if it's something as small as you passed a test girl you passed a test we're about to twerk this whole place down and be happy you know so that's one thing that i've learned and that's one thing that i'm learning that my feelings are my feelings and my feelings are valid number 10 Ooh, number 10 i'm about to take you to church god works through people and god in every stage of my life has always given me people that's one thing that i know god for sure i don't care whether i'm prayerful that time whether i'm not prayerful whether i am looking at my life situation and saying all things are you know just not okay what i know for sure what i know for certain is that god works through people and that god and the universe you know my ancestors whoever it is that you want to refer to will always send me people each time i need a reminder and that's one thing 
that I have learned for sure. Number 11. Woo! Okay. Seeing that so far my my, my listenership is 100% South African. <laughs> you guys are going to relate to this. One thing that I have learned is taxi etiquette. Okay. First of all, one thing that I have learned, you don't have to sit in the front seat if you don't want to sit in the front seat if you're not quick with that money counting you do not have to sit in the front seat right so that's what i've learned but here's another thing that i've unlearned you can still sit in the front seat if you want to sit in the front seat and you don't have to be fantastically fantastic at counting the change and here's a tip I got of someone on Twitter. You get the money when you're at the front seat. You say, taxi driver, how much is your money? The taxi driver is going to tell you that this is how much the money is. You give that taxi driver the money. You look at the back and you say, call out your change. And you just give everyone their change. So I have unlearned that I don't need to be a mathematician if I want to sit in the front seat of a taxi. Boom. Another thing that I've learned when it comes to taxis, I just have to bear with the music. Because in South Africa, Gom is the national anthem, the 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 the, the, the go-to music of taxi drivers. I hate Gom personally. I probably have like two songs that I like of the Gom genre and I just need to suck it up. I have learned that it doesn't matter how much I pray, how much I cross my fingers, Gom will always be part of the taxi industry. Number 12 is a bit more closer to home. What I've learned, that my identity is my identity. A lot of people, um, okay, so I am half South African and half Ugandan. And a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people have opinions about my cultural identity, about my ethnicity, about what I should identify as. This includes even, you know, family. And South Africans will tell me, ah, but you're so South African, so it's fine. Actually, I don't understand why you say you identify as Ugandan. That does not make any sense. Other people that are, you know, maybe Nigerian, Ghanaian, full non-South Africans, so both parents are of the same um, ethnicity, say Ghanaian, Nigerian, whatever the case may be, feel like I'm not a Ugandan enough because I'm not both sides Ugandan, right? And then some Ugandans will claim in, no, we get it. You're Ugandan. That's that on that. And I have learned to shut down the noise when it comes to that. I was born in South Africa, have lived in South Africa all my life. I have visited Uganda numerous times, including when I was a child. Um, I have been brought up by both my parents to understand my Ugandan culture. I've been brought up by both my parents to understand that my name and surname scream Ugandan I have been brought up to understand that in South Africa I am the minority and people have an issue with the fact that I am comfortable in identifying as a Ugandan woman or as a Muganda woman 
um, people feel like I should speak the language better. People feel like I should speak the language more fluently. People have every other opinion that is unsolicited. I didn't ask you for it. I didn't. I didn't ask you to help me out, figure myself out. I am also still very much South African because I've grown up in South Africa. Half of my family is South African. They are Kosas. I listen. I am very equipped to be a Kosa bride right now, you know? And it's okay for me to identify as both. And it's okay for me to say, because culturally you are what your dad is that's you know seen as the dominant culture it's okay for me to say i am ugandan and for as long as people will have an opinion about who i am outside of their personal being it doesn't matter because my identity is my identity and that's why i never ever feel the need to tell someone what it is that i think about them and their culture and their ethnicity and that's why i probably get so irritated when people feel the need to give their two cents about my ethnicity and my culture because it's mine if i want to wake up and wear a gomesi which is you know traditional ugandan outfit of the baganda people which is my father's tribe that is what i'm going to wear and if the next day i want to wake up and wear umpato that's what i want to wear you're not going to tell me where i am where I fit and how I fit. Okay. All right. Are we good? Okay. So I'm gonna stop here with the first um 12 things and I will give you the other 13 things in a part two of this podcast. Thank you so much. See you soon. <laughs>